Wall Street is full of corruption and it is baked in to every aspect of our society. MMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding at the macro level. In the 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This was written over a hundred years ago. This is The Rogue Scholar with Steve Grumbine. All right, party people, it is Steve and the Rogue Scholar, and I hope you guys had a wonderful weekend. I gotta tell you, I know that people probably don't think the way I do, and God love you. I'm grateful that people don't think the way I do, because all this stinking thinking between my ears keeps me up at night, right? And this weekend, it was my wife's birthday, so I got to not focus on this shit for a few minutes very few minutes because most of the time in between family things, I was quickly on my phone going, you know what I'm saying? So it was a real challenge. It was a real challenge to not dive into the maraise, if you will. There's a lot of conflicting dialectical perspectives, if you will, on the student debt problem. And I want to take this up a level. I want to get away for a minute just from the concept of student debt. And I want you to understand that from the dawn of time, from the dawn of time, when you give someone a few more peanuts, you give someone an extra banana, you give someone an extra piece of clothing, extra piece of food, a little bit warmer house, whatever. When you give somebody a little bit extra, you take them and put them in a totally different headspace. Okay. Totally different headspace. And, you know, one of the big things for me has been, you know, you oftentimes hear people complain about, well, you know, you just wanted student debt to be relieved because you would benefit from it. I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm I can't think of any bill out there that actually is beneficial for people that isn't kind of universally at some level beneficial for everyone, even if it's through like second and tertiary type reasoning. You know, one of the big things here is, is that projects like student debt forgiveness, something like that has been going on for a long time. And the opportunity to strike to clear it just came up because of the pandemic. Because obviously the student debt uh, payments have been stopped for almost three years. And not a soul, not a soul was impacted, hurt. There was no one that was hurt by that extended punting of, of the student debt. No one was hurt. Nobody lost their jobs. It was not a big deal. This is not a thing. Okay. Not a thing. But now all of a sudden we look at this and it's like fairness and how do we, how do we make this plan and blah, blah, blah. Well, the, the fact is, is that could have wiped out all the debt, literally wiped out all the debt right then, right there. That would have been Republican debt. That would have been Democrat debt. That would have been independent debt. It would have been rich people debt. It would have been poor people debt. Not that many rich people. Think about it. 
how many rich people do you know actually have to take out student loans to go to college? If they did, it was merely a, a mental accounting switch. It was like one of these things where they said, hmm, if I take this money out and pay it back before interest hits, then maybe it's worth more money in terms of net present value to put it on a loan than to pay it out of my pocket. Okay, that's a rich person kind of gamble. For the rest of us, we're like sitting there going, holy shit, I can't get a job. I can't do this. I can't do that. If I don't go to college, if I don't go to college, blah, blah, blah. Mom, dad, can you pay? No, you can't because you're not rich like these other people are, right? So I've got to take out student debt, all right? Well, my drag on the economy when I can't buy the things I need, when I can't pay my electric bill, when I can't get my proverbial teeth fixed, when I can't take care of getting the brakes on my car fixed, when I can't take care of, you know, getting, you know, my my car repaired like the engine or I can't afford to get my kids uh, things they need for school, whatever. Point is, is that when I have money in my pocket, most likely that money, I might put a few dollars away for a rainy day if I have it like that. A lot of people are living hand to mouth. So eliminating debt from their lives as a whole allows them to participate in society. Now, from a personal perspective, now I have autonomy. I no longer have debt hanging on my shoulders. I can now make decisions about my own life and my family's lives that will impact them in a way that I make choices of, not that are forced upon me because I have to pay this horrific debt on my back. Okay. All right. Now, now that we kind of got that base case laid out, now that we kind of have that laid out there, the reason why I titled this show particularly today was half measures avail us nothing is because just like a good alcoholic, right? Alcoholic says, well, normally I drink 12 beers a day, but today I cut it down to 10 beers. Okay. Once you get into this half measure, right? I'm guessing you all don't understand drunks, but for us drunks, a thousand drinks are never enough and one is too many, right? But we're going to go ahead and back down from 12 to 10 and we're going to call that progress. That's not progress. If you think back to our guy, Malcolm X, he talked about how if you put a knife into my back nine inches and you pull it out six, that's not progress. If you pull it out the rest of the way, that's not progress. Progress is only when you start healing that wound, when you actually heal the wound, okay? Well, we've got generation upon generation upon generation of being stepped on like a pile of shit in this country. Generation upon generation upon generation has been burdened, not only with student debt, but a host of other problems too, where they put the tax burden. Now, mind you, taxes do not fund spending, but taxes are still collected. And there's a reason taxes are collected. Taxes are collected so that they can take the aggregate demand out of the economy or keep the aggregate demand high in the economy. That's why they want everyone to pay taxes, because then the more that pay taxes, 
the more that need that currency to survive, to pay their taxes. Okay. So that wider buy-in, if you will, into the economy is why taxes go that way. Not to fund programs, but to keep everybody engaged in the economy. But what happens, like I said earlier, when an alcoholic normally drank 12 beers and cuts it down to 10? Did anything fundamentally change? I mean, you could claim the guy only drank 10 beers instead of 12, but if he gets behind the wheel of a car and starts driving crazy, which is what he does when he blacks out after the fifth beer, oh, you didn't know that part of the information. But the fact is, is that people do things differently when things are different, when the measures are full, when you have the full measure, okay? People behave differently. And it doesn't matter what what the subject is. For example, the Green New Deal, okay? People are celebrating Joe Biden's historic, historic Inflation Reduction Act that puts uh, tax credits towards electric vehicles and puts tax credits toward this and that, toward uh, solar panels and so forth. Folks, the reality is, is that the actual problems that we face today, whatever they are, they are the problem we have to face. So it, 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 think about it, sending your kid to school and saying, well, the school bus we're about to put you on, it only has gas in the tank enough to go five miles, but your school is 10 miles away. But damn it, it's progress. We got you halfway to school, right? Imagine sending your six-year-old on a bus that only has enough fuel to go five miles and they're sitting in a bus. And maybe it's a hot day and they're sitting in a bus for 12 hours, 14 hours because they don't have enough gas to get to the finish line. Now, if you do half measure and you think somehow or another we can get the rest of the measure done quickly and survive, that's a different story. But in most of these cases, let's look at the ACA. The ACA was this great compromise with healthcare advocates. Everybody cheered, universally cheered on the left anyway, this whole push for the ACA, which was neoliberalism, by the way. And all it did was made so that they, the insurance companies, could not keep you away from coverage because of pre-existing conditions. They made everyone pay their skin in the game okay, to get their insurance. And they even put a fine on there. Why did they put a fine on there? A fine, a.k.a. a tax, is intended to drive a certain behavior. So they wanted to drive you to the ACA private insurance through the marketplace. But they all promised everybody, to a I know you all remember this. We're going to get Medicare for all right on the heels. of This is the starting point to Medicare for all. We're going to have Medicare for all once we pass the ACA. It's going to be like just easy peasy. It's going to be like, sliding in and sliding out, no problem at all. It's going to be greased up and we're ready to go. Here we are in the year 2022. We've been through several major recessions. We still have not taught the public about how public money works. So the public still believes that their hard-earned taxes are going to pay for things. And so naturally, you don't have universal consent or universal energy to make these bold moves. You don't have the energy to make the bold moves, so they make half moves. And you halfway, imagine doing like a half measure 
for the environment as a tsunami is coming. Horrible, wretched people applauding themselves for passing tax credits five years out or two years out or three years out for electric vehicles. But no mention about the coming tsunami. Why is that? Why is it that we celebrate these half measures? We still don't have Medicare for all. A decade ago, we got the ACA plus, okay? A decade ago, and then we were implementing the ACA, what? Uh, the ACA was being implemented for sure. I think it was 2013, 14 timeframe, something to that effect. You know, and, and, and we're still sitting here. No one, no one is anywhere near Medicare for all at all. In fact, we have a big, huge rally that turns out to be a big, small rally with like maybe 70 people live in D.C. for a Medicare for all rally. I mean, half measures, folks. You ain't getting Medicare for all unless you've got everyone ready to go. But there's always somebody sitting there behind the scenes ready to tell you, hey, we can't do that. That's too much. We got to cut back. We got to do a half measure. And then what happens? All the energy is gone at the full measure. The people that didn't want the full measure to begin with are busy saying, well, look, you already got a damn ACA. What do you need Medicare for all for? We've already handled Medicare, medical uh, coverage. You don't need that. You don't need that. So this is the consistent thing. Nobody realized how much effort it takes to put air back in the tire once you allow a tire to go flat. And these movements, they get up, they get up, they get up. It's like, man, we're going to go for student debt. No one took to the streets. There wasn't consistent pressure. Yes, the debt collective was tweeting like mad. Yes, they were organizing behind the scenes. But in reality, there was no strong, hard push for this because people still don't understand. Number one, no taxes were used to, quote unquote, relieve anyone of their student debt. No one is talking about this. No, Well, very few people are talking about this. So the lesson learned for this student debt thing isn't even really being understood. Most people still think their hard-earned tax dollars paid for somebody else to get over on their student debt. I'm not joking. That is a level of stupidity slapping this country in the face day in and day out. Okay. And I wish it were just Republicans saying this stuff. There's a lot of really awful propagandized Democrats that are busy talking about their hard earned tax dollars. And they're busy talking about how they got theirs paid off because they were diligent and they made everyone skimp at Christmas time, whatever, whatever, whatever. Typical bullshit that bad conservative type people say to stop other people from being able to have any kind of success in life. Evil, wicked, grotesque conservative types say this kind of stuff. And that is the narrative. That is the narrative. So you don't get to fight for the other half, that other half of the thing or, or whatever. Maybe, maybe the ratio is three, three out of 10, right? Three out of 10 stars. You've got to get all that energy back, all that air back in the tire to take another shot at doing the same thing. So tell me when you think there's going to be enough people and enough energy and the material conditions with a pandemic and everything else 
to bring about the end of the rest of the student debt that's left out there. And let me tell you, folks, I'm sitting on 122,000 of it, 40,000 of which is nothing but accrued compounded interest. <clears throat> 40,000 in interest to our government. Now, where do you think the energy is going to come from to relieve the rest of that debt? How many people that had their debt relieved do you think are going to be like gung-ho? Let me go out and fight for somebody else now that mine's taken care of. Let me go out and fight for them now. Let me let you have a clue. When bad people pushed Joe Biden into office, bad people went back to brunch when Joe Biden got into office. All the anti-Trump stuff got a bunch of these centrists excited. Then Trump was gone, they went back to brunch. It's the same thing with many th folks when it comes to like medical marijuana, getting making marijuana fully legal. People that have got it, I don't see them lining the streets fighting to other states to have it. It's just not happening like that. Once people have what they have, they check out and they stop. And this is empirical. You can go back. My favorite favorite Howard Zen talking point. Look it up. Bacon's rebellion. Bacon's rebellion happened when a bunch of people, and they weren't just whites, they were blacks, they were indigenous people, whole bunch of people that were not the ownership class got together and created a fight back against the colonial powers, against the British keepers. Well, what did they do? Well, they got squashed because the poor whites that had joined up with the blacks, they gave the poor whites a few pennies more. And all of a sudden, that whole big, massive group that was ready to fight back shriveled up and died. And Bacon's rebellion was crushed. Bacon's rebellion was crushed. So every time you give somebody something, yeah, sure, there's a couple people that will be the outliers that stick around to fight for the rest of the people to get made well. But this is a tactic. It's a tactic and it's a long understood tactic. They give you just enough to quell the rebellion, just enough to take enough out of the fight that the people left standing have no champion, have no support, have no nothing. Okay. And then you get the paternalists that roll through wagging at you, telling you, well, just because you didn't get your debt fixed doesn't mean we shouldn't celebrate the others that did. Doesn't mean we shouldn't celebrate them. Now, I want you to think in very radical terms. There is a cage in the ocean, and inside this underwater cage is a ton of megalodons, a ton of freaking razor-sharp teeth waiting to eat. And all of us student debtors are swimming in this cage trying to get to the top. And they take 40 of them out. 40 of us, 40 people get removed from the cage. The rest of us are busy swimming around trying to avoid megalodons. And some worthless piece of shit that's got it life by the short hairs wants to lecture people in the shark tank. Stop complaining. You should be celebrating those people that got out of the shark tank, okay? You should be celebrating them. Why are you so selfish? Why are you worried about yourself? 
Why aren't you celebrating that this great thing happened? All the while, your arms are getting tired and you're swimming like crazy. And you're just like, you know what? Fuck it. Can somebody at least give me an underwater bowl to smoke so I can get high before this megalodon takes out my legs? And you just go ahead and say, fuck it, I'm shark food and go. That's the suicides that come when the debt can't be purged from certain people, when their family lives are turned on their heads. Okay. This is it. Now, what happens now all of a sudden, instead of actually talking about what happened, instead of talking about the fact that the government being the currency creator, currency issuer, the monopoly currency issuer, instead of talking about that, we're getting into these moralizations about, well, if he got his debt purged, then I should get my debt purged. And well, if I don't get my, then nobody should, and blah, blah, all the fighting. And now the conservatives, they're going to have their day in the sun too. Now they're going to use this because every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Now they're going to have an opportunity. They're going to have an opportunity to water down. They're going to make some coherent judgments. Well, you know, certainly these rich people shouldn't have their debt taken care of. Well, again, I go back to rich people didn't have their debt taken care of. These rich people, they get PPP loans and get way more forgiven than student debt. Okay. Don't, don't you worry about those rich people. They got their comeuppance. They got their, their goods, man. They made out with tons and tons and tons of freaking debt relief. Okay. But that's the next phase of this. It's not going to be, let's just go ahead and give everyone free college. And let's go ahead and wipe out everyone's debt. No, 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 no. The next one is the, the return fire. The bad guys are going to come back. The empire strikes back. And they're going to talk about how it's very inflationary. This thing is very inflationary that we just did. So instead of just slipping into doing the full measure and getting this thing right from Jump Street, nope. Now, now we got to have the debate. And that debate is going to be on all the wrong framing. There's not going to be a debate about how the economy works. There's not going to be a debate about how inflation works. Because you see the Fed is still geared toward raising interest rates and driving down as many people into unemployment as they possibly can to bring down inflation. This is their game that they play. This is the games people play that are monetarists, that are libertarians, that are disgraceful people that should be pushing up daisies, not putting out legal stuff. Okay? So this kind of garbage is happening. But this is what happens when you don't go for the full thing. You already know they're going to fight you. You already know that the pushback is coming. And so what ends up happening? It's always the flavor to focus on the very, very, very poor. And it's always the focus to make sure we take care of the very, very well-to-do. It's always the middle that is shamed for making $15 too much annual revenue to qualify for a program. It's always them that, but who, what are they dealing with? They're dealing with divorce, just like everybody else. They're dealing with losing their homes, just like everybody else. They're dealing with kids in college, just like everybody else. And some of them are dealing with freaking things that you didn't even know of. They're a freaking contractor. They're an at-will employee. They can be let go at any time. 
a lot of people, it, it, it's just as bad on the left. It's just as bad as the, uh, from the poor pointing upward to the middle. Okay. And trying to make statements, these, these statements of fact about what they actually, well, they don't deserve that. Or they, they have a pretty good life. They're making so much money. Why do they need help? Fucking ignorant, stupid, worthless comments like that. And yes, it comes from both directions. Because here's the thing, when we lost class consciousness, when we lost class awareness, we stopped remembering that if you work for a paycheck, you're working class, okay? We started creating these thresholds. This is a neoliberal construct intended to divide and conquer. And as long as we allow that income to be the quote unquote driver, then everyone that is below a certain income level will be like, yeah, fuck those people over there make 15 cents more than me. And the people up top are going to be like, hey, how come I didn't get in, but those people did? There's absolutely no reason for this. There's no reason for this. There's no reason for it. But the problem is if you don't go the full measure, if you don't go the full measure, you've got a couple things at play. Number one, you lose support period because the people that won on the half measure are checked out for the full measure. It's just the way it goes, folks. I hate to break it to you. You can be lied to. You can believe other fake things. All the fake bullshit you want. You can sit there and pump your head full of fake things to make you feel better about, no, 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 they're going to rise up and help me fight. You can keep pumping that bullshit in your brain. But let me tell you, most volunteers don't show up half the time. Why in the world are people, random people, going to show up for a battle to fight for student debt cancellation for people? In the second wave, when they're already covered and they're moving on, they're living good. They, hey, I'm going on vacation. You've done taking half the military of student debt warriors away by doing this. So now you have people trapped without a prayer. Without a prayer, they're trapped. They're going to be told by worthless, psychotic people that they shouldn't be upset, that they shouldn't be concerned, that they're being selfish for worrying about their own families. That is the nature of neoliberalism. That is the nature of means testing. And that is the nature of half measures. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. That's where we're at. If you are not down with the cause, if you're not ready to fight for the full measure, you can have a bunch of half measures laying around with a lot of people still ready to commit suicide. You created new externalities. Some of them are good. Many of them are not good. Many of them are very, very negative people. It's not jealous. It's not envious. It's desperation. Okay. And you know what's weird? is that we don't understand because we have been trained to not understand that just because you make $10 an hour and somebody else makes $7 an hour, it doesn't mean that your life is all that and easier, okay? But because we have allowed ourselves to pit ourselves against each other in this wacky income-driven balkanization instead of focusing on class consciousness, we end up losing because our class gets smaller and smaller and smaller because we're basing it on income distribution, not based on our position in the 
classical labor versus capital order. Yes, there are microaggressions. Yes, there are different elements that make up group A and group B. Yes, there are different drivers, but universally, ending student debt is a great fucking thing for everyone. And let me tell you, it's weird because we oftentimes say, why wouldn't Biden just eliminate all of it? You got to ask yourself, who is he serving? Who is our Congress serving? Who wins by having a lot of us still stuck in the death trap of student debt? Who wins there? It's the banks. Who else wins there? It's the loan servicing companies. Who else wins? It's those people out there that are offering the crazy kinds of refinance agreements. Big finance, fire sector, not just banks. But it is, you never hear about regular people being the winners there, right? So that means there's somebody else Joe Biden is also, you know, kind of consulting with. So it, it's all the rage to give $10,000 because after all, think about it. $10,000, that's a lot of money to people that have really big numbers, sphere of really big numbers, okay? The fact is, in aggregate, it's nothing. In aggregate, it's nothing. So now we're going to have to reshake this out. And you're going to hear a lot of people say, well, student debt's really not the problem anymore. We've, we've taken care of most of the poor, poor students. Everything should be okay now, right? Well, we're still creating new student debtors, aren't we? We still got the same exact education system there, don't we? We still got the same funding mechanisms, don't we? Everything's still the same, right? Except we purged 10K for a few. Now, if 10K is all you got and you don't make shit from Shinola, that's a big deal. But the average person had 40,000, 50,000 and upwards. And m many people that got advanced degrees found that there was no economy there to support their advanced degree. So they went out, they took on huge amounts of debt, not realizing, because God knows they don't sit down and say, well, hold on now. Before you buy, go to this semester, you need to realize that the $18,000 you're taking out to go to school this semester will turn into 40,000 in a few years if you don't pay everything on time because there's all these penalties and fees and fines that are gonna compile on you. And so you're taking out 18 now and you figure you'll make good money because you went and got an advanced degree, but wrong, wrong. Those debts are still like 7% interest rate on them and it's compounding. And God knows if you need a deferment, it's even worse. So you end up paying more in interest than you do for even the classes you took. Who is that benefiting and why? See, this is what happens when you create jobs. You create jobs by making things like school something that can be penalized. And so now, Fines, fees, and penalties are the entire business model of the loan servicing industry. So now you got to worry about those jobs. Just like the healthcare insurance industry, who their job is not to facilitate your well being, it's to facilitate denial of service. But they wanted to make sure 
they didn't get rid of those jobs because that would be job killing legislation there. Forget that it's human killing legislation to not get rid of it. They create an entire industry on drug testing. Why do you think we've had such a hard time dislodging the whole concept of making marijuana legal, period? There's an entire industry that has been legislated into existence for drug testing and for enforcement. And you see this with private security and you see this with so many other things. An entire industry spawns from these government-created problems. I say government-created. I am for big government. I'm just for very, very ethical, ethical, people-led big government. I'm there for government that serves our needs, not for government that serves the needs of capital. So just remember, they are intentionally creating these things where you get excited. And there's a lot of folks out there. I just, it's almost like you're talking to a brick wall when you explain to them that you've just condemned the people that didn't get student loan forgiveness. You just condemned them. Like beforehand, before Biden ruled on this, people had the idea in their head as if maybe I could get out of this. So there's hope. Maybe, maybe I can get out of this. And then when they went ahead and did this thing, the way that they did it. And then you've got to apply to even see if you qualify. And it's only for undergrad money, not graduate money. Things start getting really ugly really fast. And more those people don't have any real supporters. They're not only going to drown in what's left, they're not going to have an army like we had trying to lead up to this shitty moment to help them. They're truly left in a truly hopeless state now as a result of that. This is for every program that we know that if you were sitting down in a room with engineers and people that understood roadway design, they understood electrical design, they understood environmental mitigation they understood and you say what system do we need to create to fix this problem go they'd sit there and they'd come up with their requirements they craft a design and then they would say here's what we need to do and implement it because we're solving the real problem we're not putting a band-aid on a heart attack we're solving the problem these half measures don't solve the problem. In fact, in many ways, these half measures create a new problem. They create a wholly more disgraceful problem because since you are creating new student debtors, creating a whole new group of people that are going to be back in the same position in a few short years, plus the ones that already are there that were denied any help. And here we go. Thank you so much, Teresa. This is the fact, Jack, here. People do not understand that when you take away hope from people, that suicide is a viable and sadly often turned to 
final solution to a temporary problem. Problem with temporary problems like student debt or like medical debt is that you should be able to go to court and petition the court for bankruptcy. But because some worthless sack of shit pushed Joe Biden, who was architect of ensuring that student debt could not be purged, okay, who also made bankruptcy laws more hard for little people, because he's up there, he gave you just enough, just enough to take a lot of people out of the fight and to hopefully push to a November election in their mind that will create a counter to all the disgraceful failures the Democratic Party has been guilty of for the last fuck for a long time, right? But you ask, what is a failure? Well, a failure to me is not meeting the need, not designing a solution that fixes the problem. That's a failure. That's not a failure to them because you got to realize what does the donor class want? What do donors want? Donors want us to make the corporations that they have invested in to make enough money that they make even more money from investment. That's what they want. They don't give a rat's ass if you live or die. As long as that stock goes up a quarter point and they can celebrate that. And it's just as perverse with the Bitcoin gang. Same mindset. None of these things are solutions to problems. They're a way of taking people out of the fight altogether. They're a way of taking people out of the fight altogether. So let's just say, hypothetically, you put a bill together and you said, listen, in, in two years, we will solve this. In three years, we will solve that. In four years, we'll solve that. In five years, the whole thing will be done. And you lay that out and you pass the whole thing. Well, now you've got something to hang your hat on. Capital's still in control. Labor is still at the mercy of capital, blah, blah, blah. All that's true. But you've at least addressed that problem. You've at least done the full measure, not a half measure. Because if you haven't noticed, maybe you have. Maybe I'm the only idiot that focuses on this stuff. I get a lot of hate mail because of focusing on this stuff. And I'm right and I'm cool with that. I don't need to be popular. I just have to be right. And being right is enough for me sometimes. And being right in this case, when you sit there and do a half measure and you pretend that you've accomplished something, that is what we call violence. It's what we call violence against the people that were left behind. You celebrating is like putting a fucking pillow over their mouths. Okay. You putting that pillow over their mouths is akin to taking away their agency and their ability to fight back. We know inherently that the government, the United States government, has the power to purchase, to pay for anything that is available for sale in U.S. dollars, period. There is no issue with the ability or financial ability to do these things. None, zero. So when you know that, 
and you see that this is all we got out of it. And then you realize the people that do know this, rather than fucking making demands on behalf of the people that are left behind, they're busy fucking, whoop, whoop, way to go, Joe Biden, whoop, whoop, gonna get a whoop up in here, whoop, whoop. They're not sitting there. Now, oh, there's like this proverbial kind of like, well, let's not forget about the rest of people. We really do need to get rid of the rest of this debt. But let's celebrate the fuck out of this over here. That is not helping a soul. And in reality, most of the people out there are busy jumping idea to idea, headline to headline. They can't stay focused. I don't get it. I'm, I'm, I, I can stay locked in and not de- and just wow, stay locked in. I swear to God, I'm surrounded by fucking flutter bees and just gadflies bouncing from subject to subject. Imagine the level of focus you would have to have to make the rest of that student debt get wiped out. Imagine the level of fucking focus you would need showing up early, leaving late. You know, they t- brag about football players. What about Tom Brady? What do you like best about Tom Brady? Well, he shows up at the building really early and he's the last one to leave. This is stuff they celebrate. Why do they celebrate that? Because they know they're serious. Whether you think football is stupid or not, doesn't matter. They care more about football than you care about getting rid of other people's student debt. You get it? They care more about setting an NFL record than you do about climate crisis. Because I know a lot of people that maybe wake up at nine in the morning, but you won't ever see them. They won't be doing shit all up for this. They're busy binge watching something on Netflix. I'm telling you folks, you have no idea the level of lift to get air back in the tire once you've let the air go out of the tire. And with these flutter bees jumping around left, right, and center. Oh my God, Ukraine. Oh my God, this. Oh my God, that. They're bouncing all over. Uh-huh. Trying to keep up with them, your head's dizzy because they can't stay focused on shit. That's your army that's going to help the second wave of people got fucked on the student debt relief. That's your army. Oh, I the live stream talking about uh, alt media group A fighting with alt group, media group B. Oh my God, let me be one of 1,200 watching that live. There's your army. They're fighting tooth and nail for you, aren't they? Busy just knocking over tables and flipping the money changers and all. Right. That's what they're doing, folks. They're all dialed in, focused on making change possible. No. No. They're into being entertained. They want to have a good troll show. They want to hear about no Mickey or somebody else. They want to, they want to really, really, really drive that point home, don't they? Nobody, nobody going to stick around. Once you've implemented the half measure, you may as well go another generation before it will be revisited. See that? You get these opportunities. You get these opportunities to strike. To strike while the iron's hot. And we're surrounded by people that can't stay focused surrounded by non-committed people surrounded 
by people that let people die. So they're interested in other things. They're not interested in the things that matter. They're not interested in responsibility. They're interested in being entertained. They want, they want some good entertainment. They want to talk about things that are fun to them. They're not interested in saving lives. That's not what's driving them to wake up in the morning. It's driving them to wake up in the morning is, is there a good book I can read? Is there a fun conversation I can jump into in one of these like call-in apps? Not, not necessarily focused on fixing this problem. And so thus we get to the tyranny of half measures. Woe be to you, the woke who really truly stay focused because you will be abandoned. You'll be abandoned by people with fucking attention spans the size of a gnat. It takes so much energy to get a movement together. This is why for as imperfect, and he's very imperfect, but for as imperfect as Bernie Sanders is, Bernie Sanders gave everybody something to come to the party for. Okay. Is that a half measure? Got to ask yourself, was FDR and the New Deal a half measure? Most of us would say yes. The New Deal was a huge half measure. Left a lot of people behind, but it solidified the institutions that have kept us in chains ever since. But a lot of good came from it, though. A lot of good came from it. But ever since then, LOLbertarians, that many of these progressives out there are busy trying to pull into the fold. And instead of making them become leftists, they're becoming LOLbertarians. Destroy the government, rip it apart, tear it down, don't do anything, blah, 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 blah. They believe that printing money creates inflation, and that's their group. That's their mindset. That's talking to each other. It's leftists talking to LOL libertarians, coming up with right-wing strategies for dealing with the economy. And you want half measure to full, get the full measure? You want to be able to use that same army to go head-on against the powers that be that have billions of dollars, good computing, everything set up, ready to rock and roll, committed to the cause. But alas, but alas, you will be left high and dry at the altar because most people will check out. They'll check out. They won't do what has to be done. They're not committed to making sure you don't hang from a vine in the woods. They're not committed to make sure you don't take 500 pills and go to sleep late at night. They're not committed to making sure this doesn't happen because Joe Biden, he just did something really special and we need to celebrate that. My experience going from the right, passing through the center, all the way over to the left has been no matter what station you're in, you're surrounded by people who are not going to fight for you till the end. They're going to get distracted and you've just got to accept it. Or you'll be chastised for calling it out, which is another sign of worthlessness. 
if you're looking for the full measure, which is the only way out of these problems, you must strike while the energy is there. And let me just put like a dividing line. It's what, August 29th, 2022 right now? What things are we dealing with today? We're dealing with them talking about inflation. How many of you all are out there fighting the inflation fight? How many of you all understand that printing money doesn't cause inflation? How many of you all are busy doing the right wing's job, talking about inflation being driven by printing money? How many of you are really closeted fascists saying that garbage? Okay. That's number one. Number two, who is going to be actively telling them that the federal government creates currency out of thin air and that Article 1, Section 8 gives that power to Congress and that Article 1, Section 10 ensures that we understand the states cannot do it? Who's going to be telling that story? Who's going to be lying to everyone, rallying them around for these silly things? Once again, taking everybody off into the wrong directions, the, the economically illiterate directions that the big frontline social movement people take us down, that they don't hear anything. They're gatekeepers. They don't listen. Half measures, folks. We're not going to get anywhere until you all start fighting back. Not you, specific you, because there's, there's a lot of weird people out there. When you say you, it's a you, the big royal you, right? There's people out there that are so narcissistic, they think you're talking about them. But you're not. You're talking about proverbial. There's millions of us, right? 350 million in the United States. You get the point. When we when you, when the people that don't know cave in and you're busy trying to tell them and they're busy pointing to Senator Sanders' website that says he's paying for it with a Wall Street speculation tax, you will be held back for the full measure every time one of those types comes to the party. Every time Robert Reich says some cute tweet of, yeah, this should be a right. Well, what's going to make it a right there, Bobby Reich? It ain't a right if you've got to get a tax dollar from somebody else to make it so. That's not a right. That's not a right. It's not a right. A right is the government ensures it and makes it happen, period, regardless of what you do or don't do. It's not conditional. A right is not conditional in this case. But instead, what do we have? We have no progress whatsoever because the vast majority still believe we printed money, it caused inflation. We spent money we didn't have. We're passing on debt to our grandchildren. All the same lies we've been fighting to disabuse you of for the last 10 years, you still believe. Still believe. And so without crushing that lie, Every other possible pathway has a boundary, a blocker. And that blocker is based on taxes. And what do Republicans always fight back about? Raising taxes. They also fight back against people getting quote-unquote free stuff. 
well, what if instead of it being free stuff for just this group, what if it was everyone? It was a right. Do you think they would fight back if their kids got to go to school for free as a right? There's always somebody there trying to do something punitive. Somebody there trying to make life a little bit harder for everyone else. And until we go for the full measure, the people that always want to make it harder for someone else are always going to win. They're always going to win. And so just so you know, real quickly, um, as far as Rocker Steve goes, I'm going to be live tonight with Jordan on Status Quo instead of tomorrow night. So that's that's number one. So tonight, uh, it's Monday, 829. I will be live with Jordan at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over at Status Quo. As far as let's get ready to grumble, we had not this Sunday, but the Sunday before, we had Latasha Holloway who also was this Saturday's macaroni and cheese. So if you haven't heard the podcast, please check out that podcast. Okay. Um, but Colin was son of a bitch took a vacation. What the heck's he thinking? Right. So Colin, who does all the video editing over there actually went on uh vacay. And so we didn't get to do a, let's get ready to grumble this coming weekend. We'll see what we got. I'm pretty sure I've got a bunch of, uh, costumes and i mean i've got a bunch bunch of costumes laying around so we'll see if we have some new characters coming up but to close this podcast or this interview off for everyone I want everyone to be aware here you only get one shot at a lot of these things it's just like going to a protest you get a million people there for for certain things then as soon as the thing's over, they've gone home, they got their selfie, they put their fist in the air, they got the t-shirt, they got the stories to tell with their friends, and the girls sang songs walking down the street, and somebody else had their megaphone, and they were, you know, this is what democracy looks like, you know, and they did their things, but then it's over. So without demands and without consistency, and without showing up and being accountable from the start to the finish, half measures are all you're going to get if you get that at all. And it's up to us to be that next level of saying, no, that's not acceptable, damn it. Joe Biden didn't even need Congress. You realize that? He didn't even need Congress. He had the executive authority to do what he did without Congress. He could have done all of it, and he didn't all because of this idea of fairness. I can appreciate fairness. So get rid of all of it, right? Make college free for real, for all of it, not just certain things. Make trade school free. We need to invest in society. We need to invest in each other and we need to invest in making our lives easier, not harder because capital wants us drawn and weathered and freaking crumbling so that we'll take whatever they give us. You keep up with the half measures, they're going to keep up with the full measure and they're going to take us out every single time, but be able to cheer it on because they did a little something for us and there'll be just enough bad guys out there to say, oh, 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 oh
going to be clapping like seals. And that's the deal, folks. I'm hoping that you all will realize that half measures really, truly are the worst possible thing. Don't let someone say, well, you know, we got something done. That's really good. No, because now the energy is gone and the chance at a better future is lost for millions of people that will die before anything ever comes up again. I'm Steve Grumbine with the Rogue Scholar, and I'm out of here. The Rogue Scholar is a production of Real Progressives. If you would like to support our work, please visit patreon.com slash realprogressives.